0: Welcome to the Close
1: Friends No Filter podcast. I'm Stephanie. I'm Anu. And I'm Laura. And in our experience, nothing spreads faster on social media than rumors about what does and doesn't work on
2: social media. Social media changes fast, and there's no shortage of bad advice, outdated tips and tricks, baseless urban legends, and myths begging to be busted. And that's where we come in. With a combined 25 years in the industry, we're here to help you
0: sift through 10,000 pounds of regurgitated social media BS and get to the truth, so you can stop stressing over gossip and start focusing on growing your business.
2: All right,
0: hello everyone. Welcome back to our fourth episode, all about vanity metrics versus KPIs, which for those of you who've never heard of that Acronym. It is key performance indicators. Before we jumped on here, Manu was drinking a sip of water and almost did a spit take. So that was fun. Yeah. If you're watching, well, it, it, it just together. it just went right into my eye. Like the <laughs> water just. <laughs> that was pretty cool. It's a, nice a fun, move. it's a fun way to start an episode. That was yeah. like smiling and laughing. I feel like we're all on a on a roll today. Yeah. And I'm excited because I think that. Vanity Metrics, I th- I still remember getting like a little pennant flag from the new, I don't even know what year that was, but she mailed have me like, a fun little care package and it's like, It says, what is the mantra? Yeah, I think you need to find it. But it's. I'll I'll let her like display it for the video. But if you're listening to the podcast, we'll read what it says. But it's the cutest. It's like her little
2: mantra. This is before I could design anything. I don't even like how it looks. But the message remains strong after all these days. My favorite vanity metric is money in the bank.
1: I love that. That's my favorite one-liner. And that's my
2: favorite vanity metric, too.
0: (laughs) It's money in the bank, right? I think we can all agree as business owners, we sometimes lose the plot when it comes to social media marketing and creating content and hacks and tips and tricks and all the things we're trying to do. I think we forget like the ultimate goal behind like what it is we are using these platforms for. And, you know, I know that all three of us really agree that like being salesy is okay, because that's how we are making a living. We're small business owners and like we support, I know for social media managers, support small business owners and helping them make money too. That's the whole point. I mean, that's like the world we live in is for us to, you know, it's capitalist, capitalism (laughs) is we need to be able to market our things and sell our things and hopefully support other people and help them get the things that they need so I feel yeah. like we forget about that a lot of times on social
2: yeah like a mindset a little bit I think you know even the way you say it Steph I know you are salesy and you do it your campaigns very well you promote your stuff really well but even like the language right you're like being salesy it's okay it's not okay, it's expected, you're a business, business sell, like, it's good, yeah, Laura said the other day, like, if you just yeah. have a, if you're not, I love how you're all quoting each other, it's just so sweet, uh, but, but my I friend know. Laura <laughs> says, um, you know, if you're not yeah. salesy, you're not a business owner, you just have an expensive hobby, and yeah. that is true, and, uh, and again, even more, if we're talking about a social media manager working for several clients, you know, I'm sure that with engagement being down, maybe your client's not understanding the, the landscape too well. You walk into that meeting and you have like, oh, you know, like the engagement rates, which is the metric I don't care about too much, but engagement rates down, you know, likes are down, this is down. Your clients will not care less about any of this if he's making money off of Instagram.
0: Exactly. For social media managers, specifically, they're like, I need to be able to like prove what I'm doing is like actually moving the needle, right. And so I think we forget one to get on the same page with clients or like if you're a business owner doing this for yourself to get on the same page with yourself about what your intentions and goals are. And it's not for likes and comments and follows, even though that can be shiny and pretty, and there is something to be said about social proof, and we look at businesses and we go, "Ooh, they have a ton of followers, or they're really getting you know a lot of engagement on their videos. They must know something or be doing something right." Like that's just natural. It's like psychology. Like we're gonna look at it and go, "It feels like there's something here of substance because other people agree that there's something here of substance." But that isn't always necessarily the case. And definitely we don't know what's going on behind the scenes of those business owners. We don't know if they actually have the sales to back up the vanity metrics that they're showing us outwardly. We don't know if they purchased followers. We don't know anything.
2: All right, they just started early, you know, that's the other thing, yeah. too. Like this account, maybe like it's seven years old and was very easy to grow back then. Yeah.
0: You just really don't know the backstory. And so I think, yeah, to, to be blinded by vanity metrics, I think is so 2016. And we need to really like move past it and think about like, what are our intentions and goals. So some of the KPIs or key performance indicators that I think people should pay more attention to are things like saves and shares, right? Like when people save your content, hopefully it's not to copy it. <laughs> hopefully it's because it's so inspiring, and they want to come back to it, or they're sharing it because they resonate and like relate to it. Or, clicks and swipe ups. Obviously, we want people, if they leave the platform to go to the place that we're trying to get them to go, like maybe to buy a product of ours to book a call with us to, you know, download something and get on our email marketing list. So we can continue that conversation. And there's obviously sales, because like we said, we led with that, like making a sale is a hell of a lot better than getting them to follow. And I know in the previous episode we talked about how you know with engagement you can't track necessarily like the sales that come through you can track the clicks and maybe you can track like specifically like that sales were happening on that day but like if somebody's walking into like a physical location or something after seeing something that's a little bit harder to track right but like sales might be coming from the marketing that you're doing on social media and I think like business owners ultimately if people start coming into their shops and they're like I saw this on Instagram like can you find it for me you're going to be very happy to see that like the foot traffic is being driven and that sales are happening. Contacts and DMs, you know, when people hit your contact button or when they hit that book a uh, call button or like they book a, um, I know with my hairstylist, I use it to like book my appointments with her. Um, straight through Instagram and they slide into your DMs and like you start having conversations with them, being able to showcase like the, how it relates to like, I've just posted something or a reel just went out and I'm getting a, an increase in the amount of people contacting me through DMs or asking me questions is a great thing to track. And then user generated content and social proof. I know for our clients in my agency, it was really a big practice of ours to like categorize on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, like we would save all of the content that was mentioning their product and brand, all those brand mentions, whether they were static or stories, and now, of course, reels, and you're putting those into folders. And so like every month, when we were sending over their reports, we were showing them as one of the KPIs, it's like, we've just increased conversations, and they're happening on social media. Yeah, all these people that are having conversations with their people, in front of it. And these are potential partners, these are people we could like pay for, you know, to be creators and things like that. So I feel like those metrics all are way more interesting for me to talk about than. and I'm sure you guys have some that you want to talk about as well. But like for me, and like to prove value to clients who are hiring social media service providers, or just for me in general, as a business owner, I'd rather talk about that all day. I don't care about the number of like followers that I have on my account, or like my engagement rate or likes or comments, I'm scrolling right down to like, all of this other stuff in order to help me make better content in the future too. So what do you think? What do you think, Laura, as far as like KPIs over vanity metrics, like what are some of the metrics that you're paying attention to for yourself and like the people you work with?
1: Yeah. You know, I love what you said at the beginning about like getting everyone on the same page. And that is something I do when I take on new clients. I haven't taken on a new client in a while because I've been so busy with everything else, but this screening process is is super important because you want to make sure they understand how Instagram works and they understand like what, you're promising them and that you're not promising them the moon and the stars and like 10,000 followers overnight. Right. So that's something like, I love that you said that, um, you know, for me, it really depends on the client. We all have like a bit of a different strategy that we use for different clients. But like you said, like each type of content has a different objective. So like if I'm creating a specific type of reel for a client, maybe that reels goal, is to get followers. And there's nothing wrong with having that as a goal. Like you said, social proof is a really cool thing to have. Sometimes we're creating review posts where I am just sharing like a review from a past patient or a past client or a past customer. And those are the ones where we get, you know, the least amount of likes, the least amount of saves, but you see like 50, 60 website clicks. So like if you're a client and you are on the same page and you know, like that they're not gonna get a ton of likes from that post, but they know that what you're getting from it is being translated into a different format, like website clicks and hopefully sales, they're okay with it. So I think. Even when i'm creating content i have that in the back of my mind and like if i'm not in a launch then i'm thinking okay i'm in a pre-launch mode and that's where i am maybe trying to build my audience and i am trying to create like that viral content or i'm repurposing content that got me a ton of followers or I'm creating more reels. But then when I'm in a launch, the objectives I'm looking at are completely different. That's when I'm looking at website clicks. That's a huge priority or DMS replies to stories where people are requesting more information. So I think it depends on like what your specific goal is for that piece of content, like going really, really micro and then going macro and seeing like what my goals are for being on social media in the first place. I
0: love it. The breaking down content KPIs for each piece of content is something that I teach my students like inside of my certification and sometimes blows their mind, but I'm like, like if we expected every piece of content to do the same thing, we're going to be massively disappointed. Right. And it's all going to be, it's going to also just be the same kind of one note content. So like it has to be this like really multifaceted approach to different kinds of content, to get different kinds of actions from our, from our people. And I love what you said, like zoom back out and go overall, what are we trying to affect over the next quarter or what launches or what promotions or what sales do we have? And then the rest of the time, how are we nurturing and educating and like building up the community or, like you said, growing a following, which is still totally yeah. okay. It just doesn't need to be the
2: lead point. It shouldn't no, be the only reason. and I won't work it.
1: with anyone. Yeah, who has that as a priority? Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't know. I'm gonna interject here because <laughs> yeah. I think growing a following is super important because yeah. you know th- we know that sales happen. I, mean, I I honestly think for Instagram, when you're doing a full campaign, you sell for less than one percent of your followers. So if yeah. you have a hundred followers, that means one sale. Of course, it's not the same for an account that has 100 followers and one that has thousands, uh, hundreds of thousands, but that's the idea. Like, sales is a numbers game. So, growing your following should and can be a legit main strategy that you want to use. And you want to, but at what cost, right? Like, I would say, like, Laura grew her following a lot. You're telling the other day on the other episode, when you start doing reels, you had 3,000 followers and you did 101 social media services, yeah. that's all you did, or one-on-one calls, now you grew your yeah. followers so much that you can get away with a yeah. low price ticket product that you can scale a lot more than if it was your one-on-one time for yeah. each person, yeah, right? absolutely. So to me, fo- growing followers is huge. Like, you know, Stephanie and I absolutely. were talking the other day about the struggle that is Facebook ads and Instagram ads. So I don't think it's as simple as people put it out to be, mm-hmm. like, oh, you don't need a following, yeah. you'll be just fine. Yes. If you want to have seven clients and have a ceiling, not having a following is fine. I mean, I'm talking oh, yeah. about... Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying not having a following.
0: I'm saying that my intention behind any of my content is not to grow the following. I think that comes as almost like a secondary thing if the rest of those metrics are met like i think that if it resonates and people are saving it or sharing it or they find value or they click through most likely they're going to give me a follow but like we talked about in the previous episode some people still go into the business or they don't want to follow because they don't want their friends to see it depending on the business yeah, yeah for sure yeah for sure like you're definitely going to see hopefully if you have another back-end strategy that if you have more followers you should have more sales if you're able Mm -hmm. to reach those followers but yeah. that also goes to say, like, can we get those followers, like, onto our email list where we can have deeper conversations and things like
2: that? I mean, once they buy from you, they'll get to your email list most of the time, right? Depending on your permissions or yeah. opt-in what you I have like it. I like to get them on the list think... before they buy and, like, sell them more. Yeah, no, that's even better. <laughs> but if they're buying through your content, right. then they definitely get in there. And I think that's uh, amazing. That could be, you know, when I talk about sales, it could be the same thing as you're selling them a product or you're just promoting, like, you know, a freebie or a way for getting into their, your list, that sales to me in a way, you know, it's just the same, totally. the same strategy. But I think that the vanity metrics is more the what cost, right? Because I think the vanity metrics led people to buy followers, like buying followers were not a thing five years ago. And now we have, I've seen so many people literally destroy an account, a very promising account of a good business, because All their followers are like kids in Asia, you know, like our Brazil, where I'm from, that they make (laughs) these profiles with, you know, identity theft of minors. And that's the kind of criminals you're dealing with and you buy followers. There's a lot of pressure. I think there's pressure
0: to like look as good as your competitors like like vanity wise right like there is that you want and I know why people like do it because they want to seem more legit or like they want to compete but you're right I mean it does mess it up for everyone and definitely like even for like a social media manager the pressure to try to meet that demand like I've had so many clients in my past who bought them without telling yeah, me or, yeah, sure, or like yeah. you take on an account and you realize that they've had they've done that before and then it's just this mess you're trying to clean up for forever yeah. and doesn't work but but then there are those people like we said that may have gotten started way earlier Earlier they have hundreds of thousands of followers, but don't have a business strategy or don't under have an offer don't know how to take them and get them off mm-hmm. of the social platform and into their cart or into their email, right? They have no yeah. idea what to do other than amass a bunch of followers and have them like and, you know, comment. So I think there's like so many yeah. things that are more important to me than the followers. But you're I mean, obviously we wouldn't have a business if we didn't have an audience and actual people following us. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think so, it depends on yeah. the business. Like for my so my clients, like I have clients that are like a spa or a plastic surgeon and they're in like a smaller city. They physically could not have ten thousand followers, like because yeah. they cannot. Yeah. They cannot yeah. do ten thousand rhinoplasty. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like it also yeah. depends on your business model. Like for me, absolutely, at the time, having a small audience was perfect because okay. I didn't have a scalable offer. I only wanted to work with people one on one, so I wasn't looking at follower growth. I was looking at like website clicks. It's like. Is the content that they're seeing good enough to get them to consider getting to the next step of like working with me? And I didn't need a lot of followers back then. And now, because, you know, having all those followers did change the opportunity for me to scale my business. So I think it depends on your goals. Like, I don't think everyone needs to scale their business and have an online or a digital offer, but it's super cool if you can. And if you want to do that. Yeah, but also
2: like people who have products, right? I think there's this whole message (laughs) now. I did a meme the other day and it was this woman like winking and it's like, social media experts telling you your number of followers that are not important while they are aggressively trying to grow their audiences, <laughs> right? Like
1: It's like, okay,
2: yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you have a product you're selling, yeah. or even like someone like you, Laura, you're like, oh, I didn't have an offer that was scalable at yeah. the time, so I didn't need it. You created that offer as soon as you because grew. Because I had to. Yeah, audience. it's like so, which one came <laughs> first, yeah. the chicken or the
1: egg, if right? If you want to yeah. scale... Yeah.
2: As, especially yeah. as a one-woman business, kind of like us that has contractors or a small team, you know? Yeah. If you want to scale, you need an audience. It's really hard to do without one. Absolutely. So I think, like, that can be a valid... But, I mean, that could be the people that just want followers and they don't even know why. That's what I call a vanity metric. And then the people that are well, like, I yeah. didn't get this many likes. I'm depressed now, you know? That's vanity yeah. metric. That's not understanding the the platform. That's not changing up their content and putting all the focus on obsessing or their numbers. Right. So I think uh, uh, a lot of times, and I'm sure you guys heard this before, it's like, I don't know why my engagement is now. I haven't changed anything. I'm like, that's exactly why your engagement is (laughs) now. You know, we need to change all the time. I did
1: a reel about that. That's the biggest red flag is people will come to me and say like, I have been posting (laughs) the same content for five years and my engagement just randomly dropped. I'm shadow banned. It's like, no, you have been posting flat lays yes. of your desk yes. for five years, people yeah. are over we, it. Like
2: you are your flat You cannot
1: compete yes. with me, changing outfits, <laughs> doing backflips on reels. Like it's yeah. not the same, yeah, yeah.
0: This episode is sponsored by the Social Media Manager Market. The Social Media Manager Market is an online directory exclusively for, you guessed it, social media service providers. The Social Media Manager Market has curated the most talented social media managers, strategists, digital marketers, and social media agency owners in one place. Not to mention, we source some of the best social media marketing jobs from across the internet. So whether you're a social media manager for hire or a business owner who needs to find someone to handle your social media marketing, the Social Media Manager Market is the place for you. Social media service providers who want to attract new ideal clients and job opportunities can choose from three different listing options to showcase your business's unique personality. Get your business listed on the social media manager market and start attracting new opportunities today by visiting www.socialmediamanager.market and save 50% off your listing with coupon code NOFILTER. I have a definition of vanity metric is a surface level data point that isn't necessarily indicative of that business meeting real goals like their engagement, new subscribers or sales. Of course, we're going to like be looking at our followers and we're still tracking it, but it's like, we're also tr- what well, we're tracking it in connection with like our sales and like our ongoing promotions. And like you said, I think the blanket statement here for this is that there is no blanket statement, right? Like with every episode, like with every business, like there's such a different perspective. We each bring a different one. So it's the way we manage our accounts and the way we manage people's accounts if we're managing those. And to take the like vanity metrics don't matter, I guess, as a mantra, it's like fun and it's a cute Instagram Quote, right. Like you said, but like to Manu's point, like, well, they do if you're trying to sell something or if you have a product, like if you can have hundreds of thousands or millions of followers and those millions of followers somehow can convert into a sale, then like, hell yes, like we absolutely want to focus on
2: it. Yeah. I don't feel like that's more vanity metrics though. I feel vanity metrics is when they don't look at the strategy behind it. It's just the number, you know, like that's to me what it is. And I think that really can paralyze someone because like I said, maybe people are getting lower engagement because everybody is, but they are so focused on that vanity metric. They don't focus on anything else and they get paralyzed and they're like, people hate me. They get depressed. They stop posting on Instagram for a month Then they're going to see it in the bank account, you know, if they have an actual business. I don't know. I stopped looking. I looked at Instagramming sites, any data where you look at it. I look at it to create more content. I do not look at it to see how many likes I got or whatever. I just look at it. To create more content and to learn from my content and how it performs where I refresh all the time is freaking kajabi you know like it's where my right. money is like I don't care <laughs> like I'm just kajabi it up yeah. all day long <laughs> like, those are the yeah. metrics we're paying attention to those are my vanity metrics yeah right those
0: metrics actually are indicative of a successful business and I think from the surface that's like you said people get paralyzed because they're comparing themselves to the and I call everybody else's metrics that I can only see the front end their vanity metrics because it's vanity to me because it causes me to compare myself to something I have no idea of what's happening on that back end of their business. I don't know what their bank account how looks they like. Are when they I don't started. know if they have, yeah, their ads are running, like how big of a team they have. And so I think that's that comparison trap that causes that paralysis is that we think we should be in a place instead of like you said, just getting down to the basics and going like what content do I have that actually resonates and how can I double down on it and do more. And like what am I actually hoping will happen from this piece of content to this product that I have.
2: Yeah, and I I wanted to bring something up that I think Instagram did a good thing recently, recently recently-ish. They gave the link sticker to everybody and now there's no more rush for the 10K. So I'm sure people are still rushing for the the digits, the double digits or the whatever digits, the five digits. Yeah, they're looking for the K. Looking for the K, yeah. (laughs) But now the excuse of, oh, because I'll be able to sell more, because I'll be able to promote more because I have that link, that excuse is gone. So I think it's a good thing. Like, at least there's not that pressure for that one mark. So I I think that's a, definitely a good thing. I think with vanity metrics, it's like you can focus on that all day long, you know, if you want to. And all that's going to do to you is make you make bad decisions, whether they are big, bad decisions, like buying 100,000 followers, that's going to ruin your business and your reputation. Because honestly, people are like, wow, these people dealt with criminals and bought followers that are just identity theft. I wonder what else cut corners in their business, right? But also other smaller bad decisions would be like You're so desperate to get that number of likes that you got one time or your highest or higher than before or like your competitor that you're spending two hours a day liking other people's posts, hoping they will come like yours. You
0: know, you can buy engagement, too. I feel like a lot of people fall into that. Like once they have a bunch of followers, they're like, oh, crap. And now I have 100,000 followers and this post got five likes. I now have to pay for fake engagement and the whole thing is just like that that is a shell of an
2: account it will never do anything ever again you've ruined it yeah and I would say too like shame on the people that are hired based on followers and followers alone not to say yes of course if I'm gonna do a collaboration with you and I want to make the best decision for my business I want that audience to be there because I'm investing in this right but mm-hmm. to the point that they look at, like, for example, with influencers, instead of looking how, who they reach, how many of they reach with engagement, they're still looking at numbers of followers. I mean, that's changing, but it's still there. And honestly, if you work for a big brand and you're still like, no, we only work with people who have 50,000 followers and up, shame on you, honestly, like you're not qualified to do yeah. your job. I'm just going to put it that way. <laughs> no BS,
0: right? Yeah. Right. There was a whole lot of pressure for creators to like, because they want to get those deals and they're, they're trying to like work with brands to buy those followers and to buy that engagement. And yeah, it's just this endless cycle of like, nobody's getting what they need.
2: And let's talk about like actresses or actors and comedians or musicians. There's so much pressure and people need to, I mean, I I understand the importance. Of course, if you book a band that has a ton of followers, they're going to get your venue full, but they should be seeing beyond just the number of followers, because the number of followers doesn't mean anything if it's just looked at that, right?
0: (laughs) It's a lot. Yeah, it really is. I mean, like, obviously, I love, I mean, (laughs) to, to also to speak to the metrics and like, not just the vanity ones, but the legitimate ones. I mean, like, that is really how I approach. And like, I know both of you too, you've mentioned it in previous episodes, and also in this, like when you're going to create content or develop a new strategy or to take what's working and really like iterate and tweak it and make it better like it's data backed right like we're looking at like data driven content is going to be the best performing content so like that's the kind of stuff that we should be looking at those are the metrics that matter we're going into our insights and we're going like what did people really vibe with like what really got drove a lot of traffic to my website I'm about to do another launch again like let me just repeat this or put a new face on it or update the template or what can I take this and reformat it into something else that should really be it right like we're looking at that to just like take that and continue to like double down on it dig deeper on it and make more of that and that's the way less stressful way to approach strategy is to just go like let's test a bunch of stuff and then like let's watch those metrics know which metrics we're going to be measuring And then from that, we want to get those same results, like to go back and see what got us the most of those results to begin with and just do that again. And it doesn't have to be super complicated, but like those are the metrics that matter. And that's how you keep with a successful social media strategy.
2: I think if people are getting trapped on the likes and comments and followers and numbers, maybe they're seeing an arrow down or a little red number, you know. I think one thought is go where your money is at. <laughs> I don't know if that's QuickBooks, HoneyBook, Kajabi for us, Stripe, yeah. PayPal. Look at that. If that's going up, even if it's a slow climb, that you're doing just fine. I mean, not to say that that should just make you not try to improve or anything, but change where you look, you know? And, and I think it's okay if people are not seeing that only you are seeing it. Much better that way, yes.
1: Yeah. I was going to say to like your earlier point about like looking at the metrics that are working. I just did a, I recently did a mini like sales campaign and I reused only old content. And all I did was look at which ones got me the most website clicks. And I picked the four with the most website clicks. And I was like, bam, bam, bam. There they are. And I doubled my goal in half the time. So my campaign was going to be four days. I was like, I want to sell this many. And I sold double that amount in the first two days. So I was like, OK, it works. And I wasn't even on Instagram. I'm so proud. It was all your stuff. I love the eight day campaign. That's a plug for that um but yeah like going back to what's already working and like you said Manu, looking at where your money is so i was refreshing kajabi on vacation instead of instagram
2: love me some refreshing of kajabi and for people who are not familiar i think and a sponsored mention uh, kajabi is the platform that Steph, laura and i use <laughs> in our business for like our memberships our courses and um that's why we're refreshing that money there those beautiful analytics. Yeah,
1: we it all shows love you. It. It's like a little graph. Oh, the graph. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you
2: yeah. might see my face on the front page of the Kajabi.
0: Oh website. yeah, I yeah. I forgot about that. So, cool. folkswoman. So, I was gonna say, like, do you think, based on the the vanity metrics of it all, and like that that sort of message that's you know continued to like come out on social media, and like we keep repeating it. Similarly to like the kind of educators who sort of, I don't know, like they keep feeding that beast because it's like how to get to 10,000 followers or how I grew to 100,000 followers with reels over the last three minutes or whatever, right? Like we're using that because we know it is it does work. Like it, it's like a clickbaity sort of title, similar to how like a six-figure business, a million dollar business, like those things like kind of make our, we can't help it. We are prone to like want to hear those juicy, yeah. numbers. We want to, you know, if it has anything to do with like money, what is it like? Money, sex, like fitness, and like I don't. There's one other thing.
2: If you're making money while exercising no. and having sex at the same time, and lots of figures. Those are the hot
0: topics, right? Hot like topics. those are the things that we we care about. And so, like those vanity numbers, they just like they work so well when you're trying to like you know position yourself or sell something or like become like the expert. It's like you know even with us, like we help. Social media managers create a six-figure business, and there's part of me that's like, "Does that feel gross to say?" But it it is proven, like it's what we've been able to do, right? And like it is a milestone for people, similar to getting 10,000 followers on social media. So I just wonder, like, are we? evolving out of even teaching people how to will that be like over the next you know six seven ten years in social media will we just stop talking about that will it become like a faux pas or like you know like a weird thing to like talk about
2: it well you're being optimistic just thinking that we evolve as human beings i think we're dumbed down i think we're just gonna be like ogres look talking about just likes numbers of likes in six years but I do think that when we mention things like that, I, I wrote about it before, like, that's something that I care about. I think as anyone who has an audience, we have a responsibility. As experts that are educating, so educators, we have a bigger responsibility. So I think there is a place and a time to mention the six figure, the, you know, 10,000 followers. I think, Yes. Laura should mention how many followers she gained using reels, because that's part of her strategy, and that's what she's teaching people how to do it. She's not promising everybody's going to get the same, but that is relevant, because that's a KPI, you know. Uh, For Stephanie, it is important to say, yeah, yeah, you grow your audience to, you know, six figures or whatever, because that is what the system is designed for. But I I think people just flout numbers. I'm very comfortable speaking up numbers on Instagram, but I don't do it all the time. When I did a lot of it was when I was talking about membership. I love the tribe from Stu McLaren. I took it two years. I was his affiliate. I'm going to be his affiliate this year again, because honestly, my goal is not to grow people's Instagram. It's just to make you make more money. So that's why I do his affiliate push, because of course, changed my business completely. So when I talk about, when I was promoting that course, I talked a lot about how my business grew, how many figures or whatever, you know, because it was very relevant to that. That's the reason why I wanted to take a look at this, not, you know, so I think as educators, we have a big responsibility about everything we say, like glorifying, being busy, giving people, you know, one size fit all advice that. Does not fit their lives. Like people ask me how many times they should post. I'm not gonna pretend I'm Instagram and be like, you know, seven reels and. Be like, I don't know your life. Yeah, I don't ten know. Stories every day. Yeah, I'm like, are you eating? Are you sleeping? <laughs> Do you talk to your family? Like, have you called are your, you mom? Yes. your mom? Yes. I always say that.
1: <laughs> my mom sent me a screenshot of that. My mom screenshot my news post and was
0: like, "You are not calling <laughs> your mom. Take my news <laughs> advice." Oh my god! The fact that your mom <laughs> so follows the is like mind blown to me.
1: I, Manu is my crack. Like I everyone that it. wants to start a business, I'm like, just here, <laughs> here's, here's everything. Here's everything you need to know. Um, I wanted to say Manu, because you are very intentional about when you talk about your numbers and you don't do it a lot. When you started talking about your numbers, when you were talking about tribe, I like sat up in my seat. I was like, okay, like Worth this is getting to. real. Yeah. Like she, you're not out there like 10 K months, thousand K months, whatever. Like you don't do that, but you were very intentional with like this is what happened when I did Tribe and I did Tribe because of you and I'm buying a house now because of Tribe. Like that would not have happened. It's, it's, literally, mind-blowing. No, I, it's I, literally mind-blowing.
2: It's literally mind-blowing. I told my... So just as a side note, I told I was telling my father-in-law about yeah. Laura and I'm like, well, Laura was yeah. my member and then we collaborate a bunch and then I did this course that I was an affiliate for. So yeah. Laura bought the course and I got a commission yeah. from Laura's purchase of the course and then Laura started this <laughs> membership because of the course that I'm an affiliate <laughs> for. So I get a commission with this and he's like... Is this legal? <laughs> it's like, it, sounds it sounds like, like a scam. A yeah. yeah, it sounds yeah, like it's amazing MLM or something. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but yeah so i think that's good. what it is
2: when you're intentional about talking about yeah. something for a reason and you're just not flaunting i'm so tired yeah. of people flaunting i'm yeah. like i think what it, it comes from it comes from like you actually have proof in the yeah. pudding right
0: like and you've done it more than just the one time like it's like that consistency Absolutely. and like you have built a lot of trust yeah. like and i think it goes back to any if anything so yeah of course like being able to say like I. I'm not just speaking from my own experience, but from people who've also done this as experience. And I've proven this and here's how I'm showing you like what I've been able to do through like A, B, and C. Like, I mean, I think that goes back to you just have you have built over time, both of you, people who trust you no matter what. Like, and that's, I've been told that in my own business that like, before I even get the words out, they're like, just take my money. Like, I've already had experiences with you that prove that it's not surface level BS. So whatever else you have for me, I'm ready for that thing. That's how
1: I feel If anything that either of you sell. Like, yes, I'm like, I, I, I want it. Also, yeah. yeah I,
0: feel, I feel like it's like that trust yeah. and that level of respect that you have. And that's what business owners want. And that's why social media is such a valuable tool. So like, right? Like being able to build those relationships through social media and then prove it in the like content that you're sharing on the back end as well and help people get results. That's why they come back because if they didn't get a result, they They don't come come. back. And they become uh, your
1: biggest fans and they like rave about you to everyone else. Like so many of my students are like, Oh, like so-and-so told me about you. And here I am like, I have so many students like that, or I have students that will say, oh, I see you have a new course. Do I need it? Like, I'll buy it right now. Do I need yeah. it? I'm like, you don't, right. you don't need this one. Like, just, it's okay. Yeah, and <laughs> it's kind of
2: cool because we'll tell them, right? Yeah. Like, no, you actually don't need this one yeah. because you what you have, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or yes, you do, or whatever. Yeah. Um, And I think that kind of uh, what Stephanie was saying about the backing up and those relationships they create, I think that could be like a cool... Wrap for us, just yeah. saying, you know, the relationships yeah. you create are your biggest KPI.
1: Absolutely. They're, I love that. Beautiful. Yeah, is that
2: your next tenant flag? the yeah. other
1: shirt, Please.
2: Yeah. yeah. And then I'm going to say, except theory. for those two bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I waited, I waited to episode four. I was really yeah. holding myself back from saying anything too silly. So. Step um, in the it. back here. So
1: good.
0: I love you yeah, both. Yeah. I love you both. I love you too. So I love our podcast. Yeah. yeah, and I love that we are. Yeah, I love that we're bitches. Yeah. I think that that's- <laughs> we'll we'll be it. Yeah.
1: So good.
2: Thanks so much for listening to the Close Friends No Filter podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to leave us a review
1: or share it with your close friends and make sure to follow this podcast so you never miss a new episode.
0: You can learn more about each of us, submit your questions or new episode ideas, or just say hi by heading to www.closefriendsnofilter.com or by following us on Instagram at closefriendsnofilter.